Great. Thank you uh, so much indeed for that <clears throat> very uh, warm and uh, generous introduction. And it's so good to be here. And uh, um, the, uh, the Doolans and the Kirkbys are uh, two of our dearest friends. And it's amazing to be part of this church. And also where I know so many people, I was just saying, um, Ben and Lee are real gatherers. That's one of their gifts. And uh, they seem to have hoovered up all kinds of some of my favorite people from all over the country, totally disconnected. Seemingly, just yesterday I was preaching at a wedding down in Middlesbrough. I was chatting to uh, a guy there who I knew from uh, the Christian Union. And as I was speaking to him, he said, you're very similar theologically to um, Ben, aren't you? Uh, and uh, I said, yeah, that's absolutely right. So kind of word, uh, spirit, sacrament. That's uh, the essence of apostolic Christianity. And just coming here today, uh, I felt, it felt like coming home. I just walked in the church, thought this is my favorite church. And uh, just, so it's amazing to be here today. Now, two important occasions today. Obviously, in the liturgical calendar of the church, it's Pentecost Sunday, which I often say is, uh, in, in my opinion, it's one of the three great festivals of the church, and yet it's the one that is relegated. Um, uh, it's some, somehow, we don't often the church does not um, focus on it as much as the other two biggies, which, of course, are Christmas and Easter. But Christmas, Easter, Pentecost are the three key festivals of the church's year. So Christmas uh, is God with us, Emmanuel. Easter is God for us, Jesus dying for our sins in our place to bring us to God. But Pentecost is God in us, uh, the living God living in his people. You couldn't make it up. And uh, so we can't, even though uh, there's another important festival happening this weekend, uh, we obviously, the, the Platinum Jubilee, of uh, the Queen. We, can't, we couldn't miss Pentecost, could we? Uh, but we can't equally um, forget mentioning the, the, the Queen, our Sovereign Lady, Queen Elizabeth II, who has reigned for 70 amazing years and been such an example to us um, of sacrificial service and humility and fortitude. Um, and so we couldn't miss that. And she, she as well, of course, is the Supreme Governor of the Church of England, not the head of the Church of England. An Anglican priest said to me a while back, oh, she's the head of the Church of England. He, I, thought, I said, you should, you're a vicar, you should know better. Um, Henry VIII declared himself the head of the Church of England in 1534, the Act of Supremacy. But then the Elizabethan uh, settlement, obviously when Elizabeth I uh, was monarch, uh, the Reformation kind of caught up with the political expediency that was going on with Henry VIII. And Elizabeth declared herself uh, the supreme governor of the Church of England. So she's our boss, Ben, isn't she? She's uh, our, our boss. And so uh, we couldn't ignore uh, that one. And she's a Christian too, of course. She uh, clearly knows and loves the Lord Jesus. So uh, the master uh, said to me, um, the reverend master said to, said to me, do a bit of a mashup between Pentecost and um, the uh, Platinum Jubilee. So this sermon is a bit of a mashup. And... Um, when I was preparing, actually, I've, I've preached on Pentecost, as you would imagine, many times. Uh, but uh, as I was preparing it, um, things jumped out of the passage that I've never preached before. Isn't Scripture amazing like that? So this is not a kind of off-the-peg sermon that I've preached before and the, you know, the classic go-to points. So uh, these, these points, uh, some of them I've just never made. I've actually never really see, seen it before. And uh, so this is a kind of bespoke sermon here for St. Thomas's in Newcastle. Today, so that's what we're uh, going to be uh, thinking about uh, today. So the Queen, so the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Uh, so we've all, we, I'm sure we've uh, caught the, some of the coverage over the weekend. Who saw the, the, the service at St Paul's Cathedral? Anyone saw the service? Quite a few of you. Um, ben and I did it, did it, watched it in catch up late at night. And Archbishop Cottrell 
uh, gave an amazing sermon, didn't he? Stephen Cottrell gave a fantastic evangelistic address. He basically said the Queen uh, has been an amazing example to us. Uh, the reason she's been so amazing <clears throat> is that she follows the Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, we should follow her example, and so you all need to be converted. That's basically what the Archbishop of York said. It was a, it was a great, great sermon from, from Archbishop Cottrell. And, uh, and who watched The Rock? It was two, two different things. There was the spiritual, and then there was the concert last night. I was there for the one for the 60th Jubilee 10 years ago, which is amazing. The best gig I've ever been to. I uh, don't think it's going to be beaten. I was in a wedding last night in Middlesbrough, so I didn't get to the gig down at Buck House last night. But who saw it on TV, the concert at Buckingham Palace? And, uh, and then the, the, it started, of course, with the clip of the Queen and Paddington. And I must confess, when I saw it late, late, it was actually this morning, watched it this morning, a little tear came to my eye. It was crazy, isn't it? You know, the Queen talking to Paddington. And when, the, when Paddington says, thank you, Mum, for everything, and a little tear came to my eye, and she said, oh, you're very welcome. She said, uh, who's, who's seen that, the Paddington? Watch it later, not now in my sermon, but watch it, watch it later, see if a tear comes to your eye. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, Tammy uh, uh, says, I, I bulk buy. Sometimes when I see something, I bulk buy, and I think, oh, I'll get, get one for a few friends. And I've been in Scarborough, <clears throat> and I got this. This is <clears throat> a key ring for her, of Her Majesty the, uh, the Queen. Can you see she's there? Uh, with a hand up, you know, like this, regally in purple. And uh, you, you pull out this little plastic thing in the back, so you pull that out, and it activates it. So, uh, when, so what you do is you press a button at the back, and suppose you come home late at night and you can't find, uh, the, you know, the, you, you, to get your key in the, in the, in the uh, keyhole. It lights up, and it also plays Rule Britannia. So there we are. So it lights up. She look, it makes my majesty look demonised. Of course, she's not. She's only possessed of God. Never, never, never will be slaves. Anyway, so, uh, so I got this one. It says, Dear Ben and Molly and Bump, uh, congratulations on your news. We're so thrilled and so good to see you on the Royal Weekend. We love you, Greg, Tammy and Trinity. So uh, this is for Ben and uh, Molly. And uh, who's this one? This one says Brogan and Beth. They're not here, are they? Brogan and Beth, can you give that to Brogan and Beth? Later, and uh, uh, who's this one to? Josh and Joe. Oh, where's Josh and Joe? Josh and Joe, yeah, got you one, guys. There you go. Oh, sorry. And uh, is that the end? So I'm sorry. Uh, who's this one for? Oh, the, bra the brownies. Yeah, there you go. I got one for you guys. So sorry if I missed anybody out, but, uh, uh, but there you are. There you are. So uh, the, Queen, the Queen's um, Jubilee. And um, so we're going to think about the, the, the passage that Ben has just read for us. Uh, one of my favourite passages of Scripture, uh, Pentecost, uh, one of my favourite festivals in the life of, of the, the church's year. And uh, so four, qu four quick things then from this amazing passage, which of course is the birthday of the church when God fulfilled his promise that he made through the prophets of old to inhabit his people. Just get your mind around that, to inhabit his people. The Holy Spirit, not for uh, prophets, priests and kings only, but for all who dare to call on the name of the Lord, all people who believe upon his Christ, that's his king. And uh, so we've got this amazing um, uh, story, the day of Pentecost that Ben's just read for us. Um, and then the postscript, so we had the first few verses, Acts chapter 2, if you've got it in your Bible, going through from uh, verse 1 through to verse 13. 
And then uh, I asked him to read the postscript as well, because Peter then gets up on the back of the Holy Spirit being poured out. He preaches this amazing sermon, uh, a Petrine apostolic kerygmatic sermon, we say theologically. Uh, he, 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 he's a herald of the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And then this postscript um, in verse, uh, from verse uh, uh, 37 uh, through to 41, where... Um, people are affected, they're impacted by his sermon. Would that we had more preaching like that today where we're impacted by it. The word of God is preached and we're impacted by the word. Well, these people were impacted by the word and they said, what shall we do? That was the response. They didn't know how to respond. And uh, Peter gives his reply. We're going to come to that at the end of the talk this morning. And then we're told, verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number. I'm preaching to 3,000 in High Wycombe in a, 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 a few weeks. Um, you know, it'd be amazing if all 3,000 became Christians. Well, they weren't, probably haven't most of them are Christians already. Um, but 3,000, 3,000 became followers of Jesus after one sermon. How different from today? You know, today um, we, we have 3,000 sermons and we're lucky if we get one conversion. And here's one sermon and 3,000 conversions. It's an amazing Amazing passage that we've uh, had read. So one or two things that I want to uh, uh, pull out from this passage, and the first thing is when I was preparing uh, this, is uh, that the, uh, the hearers uh, of, of that sermon on the day of Pentecost were utterly amazed. That was the phrase that the Holy Spirit pinpointed to me that just jumped uh, off the page. And it's there... In verse 7, we're told when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. That's the disciples, the followers of Jesus in one place. Suddenly, uh, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Uh, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them um, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And it says they were staying in uh, Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. These are Jews of the diaspora, Jews of the, the dispersion. Uh, and when they heard this sound, uh, verse 6, a crowd came together in bewilderment because they each one heard their own language being spoken. And then it says, verse 7, utterly amazed, they asked, uh, are these not... Um, people from the diaspora, how can we hear the, the word of God being proclaimed in our own, our own language? The, the miracle of glossolalia, speaking in tongues. But the point is this, the two words that jumped off the page um, were utterly amazed. These believers, these Jews of the dispersion, the diaspora, they were utterly amazed. How often do we see that as a response to the gospel lived out in Great Britain in our day? How often is the response utter amazement? And if we as God's people are not utterly amazed, how can we expect other people to be utterly amazed? If we have somehow lost the awe, if we've lost the wonder of, of, of what God has done for us, and uh, let's just not think about Christmas and Easter for a moment, but the miracle of Pentecost God inhabiting his people, the living God living within his people. Each one of us are recipients of that if we belong to Jesus Christ uh, today. We need to rediscover that utter amazement of the gospel. And uh, just as 
uh, Ben and Ellie and I and my wife Tammy, we were watching some of the, the, the Jubilee celebrations on catch-up, and there was commentary that was, that was happening, there was an interviewer, and there was the former Archbishop of York, Sentamu, and uh, there was uh, another guy, can you remember his name? He was a sort of, was he a historian? Guy, biographer of the Queen. And one of the things that came across was this amazement uh, from the biographer and from sentiment, the amazement at the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. They were amazed that they were saying, the, the Queen, the Queen Elizabeth, she's done this, she has said this. It wasn't fabricated. You can tell when respect and awe and amazement is fabricated, can't you? This was genuine, it was authentic. There was this amazement at uh, the reign and the rule of Elizabeth the second, as we draw to the close of this second Elizabethan uh, age, you know, may, may she reign over us for many more years, but we're certainly obviously in the last part of her reign and her rule. We should have utter amazement at Christ and his gospel. Yesterday, I was speaking down at a wedding for this guy uh, who I'm a, a mentor to, and uh, he wanted me as an evangelist to preach the gospel at uh, his, his, uh, his wedding service, so I did. And I did what I'd never done before. I, I threw out a prayer of commitment. I did a sinner's prayer, actually a, a prayer of commitment at the end of the sermon, which I've never done in a wedding before. Anyway, uh, and I said, look, come and talk to me uh, later at the reception if, if you've prayed this prayer to give your life to Christ. Anyway, two people, two people did, one at the very end, just as it was all uh, we're coming, to, we were about to go, the bride and groom were about to leave. He grabbed me by the cheese board, told me that he prayed to receive Christ. But there was one really at the beginning, this guy called Matthew, and he came and said that he prayed the prayer. He'd only recently started going to church, and uh, he got engaged to a girl at the church. He was a Christian at uh, the, the, the church there in Middlesbrough, and uh, he'd been uh, going once or twice to the church. He was from a Catholic background. Anyway, yesterday he prayed, and uh, he received Christ. So I, I said, can I pray for you now in the car park? We're in the car park where... One of the parties was happening, and he said, yes, I prayed for him. And as I prayed for him, this guy who'd just given his life to Christ, uh, I got a picture, and the picture, it was a, it was a, fl a flash of a, a car crash. There was a, and the sense was that there was, it was a fatal accident. There was a car crash. There was a fatal accident. Uh, really, really weird. Never had this before in my life. And then I said to him, and, and there's a loss of confidence, and I said, I sense, Matthew, you're saying, I can't, I can't. But God says to you, you can, you can. You can, almost three to cancel out the two I can'ts. I can, I can, I can. And now you've given your life to Christ, Matthew. Uh, you can, because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And uh, anyway, he said, that's just ama amazing. Uh, he, he said, uh, he was stunned by this. And he, and he said, how did, how, did, how did you know this? I think it's a sense from God. I said, and he, he said, uh, recently, he said one of my best friends, he was, he was a cousin, but he was like my brother. He, he grew up with us. Uh, he recently, sadly, took his own life. And he said he took his own life. Um, and, he, and when this guy took his own life, he said, I lost all confidence. And he said, what you've just said um, is, is, is been a, a record in my head. I can't, I can't. That's been a record. Those very words, I can't, I can't. So much so, he said, I've got social phobia. He said, during COVID, I didn't even want to go out and talk to people. I had this, you know, such anxiety. I lost all confidence. He said, and uh, he said that, and, and so that was spot on. And he said, and he also, the, he said, the reason my friend, my cousin, who was like my brother, took his own life is that his own parents had died in a car crash. Both parents had been killed in a car crash. And, uh, and he, he was amazing. And then anyway, I saw him a little bit later, and there was, a, there was a thing between the two receptions, and he'd gone out to a 
pub. Uh, we, me, me, and, me and Tammy took the girls to a fairground. He'd gone out to a pub and he, and he said to me, Greg, he said, I've just been out to this club and he said, I've met all my mates. And he said, I told them, he said, I, I told them a, a, a story that you shared in your sermon. He said, but then I told them my story. I told them my story of that word that you had for me. And they were amazed. That's what he, that's what he said. Now, I, never, I said to Tammy, I never gave him the evangelism lesson. I never said, right now you're a Christian, tell other people. I didn't need to tell him. This guy had come to Christ. He'd experienced the Spirit of God and he just went out to the pub where he knew his mates were and told them because he was amazed at the things of God. Lord, restore amazement, even utter amazement among your people. Do it today, we pray. Rekindle that in our hearts. We pray. Okay, the second point is this, word and spirit together. Now, one of the things I love about this church, it's a church of the word and a church of the spirit, something that the Lord showed to me when I was at Theological College many years ago. I've been ordained 25 years ago. However, the Lord put that in me and say, look, I want you to be a man of the word, a man of the spirit. And it was a, I was a, there was a thing called the Toronto um, outpouring that happened. I went out to this church in Toronto. Uh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, touched by the Holy Spirit. I remember doing carpet time, as they say. I was sort of lying on the floor. And I had this vision. It was a, a massive banner. It was a flag. It was a huge, huge flag. Uh, and it said, just said, word and spirit on the flag. And then I saw a little pair of scissors at the top and a pair of scissors at the bottom. It was, it was, and it was as if, it was almost like as if the flag, the banner was made of uh, something that could not be cut and, uh, and the, the, the sense was the Lord saying the Word and the Spirit belong together and that's going to be a hallmark of your ministry. So ever since then, I've had a passion for this and that's why it's great to have kindred spirits in this church um, who actually also have a passion for the Word and for uh, the Spirit. And we see the, both the Word and the Spirit in action on the day of Pentecost. So we think of it, don't we? Oh, it's the outpouring of the Spirit, which it is. But the Word, wherever, wherever we see the Spirit in power... The word is there. Wherever we see the word truly preached and truly explained, the Holy Spirit is there. These two things are inseparable together. So let's look at the passage then. So in verse 4, we're very familiar with this one, where it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So there it is, the Holy Spirit. He is poured out. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak um, in other tongues. But, but where's um, the word? Well, verse 6 and seven, it says in verse uh, six, when they heard this sound, so people were speaking in tongues, the, the praises of God were being declared through the gift of tongues, which on this case wasn't a heavenly language, it was, it was an earthly language. The Jews of the dispersion heard the word of God being proclaimed in, 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 in their own tongue by people who couldn't speak their tongue. It was a miracle of languages in this particular um, instance that we don't see that very often these days, but I've, I've encountered that probably twice in my life where that it's happened just like this on the day of Pentecost. Um, but but what, it's, what it says is they heard uh, this sound. A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. So you see, heard, heard, spoken. So it wasn't just the spirit, it was the word. And of course, We've already said, haven't we? We've already noted that Peter, on the back of this, preached a sermon. He got up and he preached a sermon. He preached the gospel and people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. So the word and the spirit are happening in conjunction together. The queen uh, was crowned 70 years ago. And one of my favourite bits in the coronation service, which I've watched, you can Google this. This is, again, a very moving. I find this very moving 
is in the coronation service, the moderator of the Church of Scotland hands her a Bible. Now, that's because whilst the Queen is the supreme governor of the Church of England, I don't know whether you know this, when she goes north of the border, she becomes Presbyterian because she's the Queen of the whole of the United Kingdom. So she becomes, she changes denomination and becomes Presbyterian. And uh, when she, when it's a bit like me on the Isle of Wight, I become New Frontiers, but that's another thing. But uh, she, she, uh, she becomes Presbyterian. And so the, moder the moderator, the, you know, the, like the, the kind of archbishop, rotating archbishop, Anyway, you, you, you Google it and you can see the moderator of the Free Church of Scotland, 1953, I think it was. He gives her the Bible, and, 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 and as he gives her the Bible, he, sa he, he, he says, um, uh, uh, he, he said, this is the most precious thing this life affords. Amazing words. Gives her the Bible, he says, this, Your Majesty, the Scriptures, the most precious thing this life affords. Here is wisdom. Here is truth. Here are the lively oracles of God. Isn't that amazing? The Queen is given the scriptures with those incredible words. And then the Archbishop of Canterbury, obviously not to be left out, he anoints her with oil. So oil is a symbol of coronation, it's a symbol of, of monarchy, of, of course, Christ. Uh, the, the word Christ, uh, we trans it's, it means king, of course. But the literal word Christos in the Greek means anointed one because kings were anointed and they were anointed with oil as a symbol of them being anointed from on high with the power of the Holy Spirit. So the queen is anointed. The queen was anointed by the Archbishop of Canterbury, Archbishop Ramsey, um, with oil, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So you see word and spirit there in the coronation service. And God forbid that they change it when Charles becomes king. There's pressure from certain people to change it and deconstruct it and make it into faith. Well, let's pray that doesn't happen um, because it's, uh, the, the, it's amazing. The gospel is in the coronation service. So word and spirit together forever. I just uh, did a trip to Budapest in Hungary, went out to speak for IFES, the International Fellowship of um, uh, Evangelical Students. And on the aeroplane, I, I was, was sat on a, a, a seat, there was uh, two seats uh, um, uh, next to each other. There was a gap in the middle, and there was a young woman, probably in her 30s, who was sat next to me. And I, took a, I was wearing a clerical collar. I tend to wear clerical collars outside the church, not in. And I was wearing a clerical collar and a cross. I had a, a, a cross on. And I took a selfie um, of myself like this, sent it to my wife and daughters uh, with these words. I said, pray for the poor unsuspecting person sat next to me. I said, anyone who knows me will get the joke. Anyway, the plane took off and the, the woman next to me, you know, turns out her name was Boggy, uh, which apparently is a very common name in Hungary for a woman, Boggy. And um, Boggy was, uh, she basically, she had these big earphones on and she had a, an eye mask over, and she also had a COVID mask, which was optional. And so basically, you know, she wasn't very receptive to, you know, she, I don't know, anyway, so I just, I, anyway, so I, I just think, I thought, oh, well, you win some, you lose some. So, so we, I, I uh, carried on doing what I was doing, um, and, um, and then the, the hostess person came around and said, do you want coffee? So Boggy said yes, so she took off, uh, took off uh, her ear, ear things, and of course, her eye, eye mask and a face mask. And so I just turned to her, and I said, hello, like, like this to her, and she said, hello. And uh, so I talked to her, she said, turns out she's, she's going back to visit her parents in Budapest. She's doing a PhD, lives in England with her Hungarian partner, her boyfriend, and uh, we had a little chat, and she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to do a talk, you know, to preach a sermon at church and do some talks. And then I said to her, do you believe in God? And she said, you know, nobody's ever asked me that. She said, it's not even on my radar. I don't even know. I said, you were an agnostic or an atheist. She knew what those words meant, but she said, don't know. She, I, don't, I, just, it's not even, I don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. So then she said, well, you tell me this. She said, what is God? Well, what a great question. What is God? Did a bit of apologetics. 
trying to share with her what, you know, who, God, who God is. Um, and then as I was sharing the gospel, it got interrupted because we hit some turbulence and the plane was, was bumping around. She was clearly distracted. She said, sorry, I can't concentrate. She said, I've got a real phobia of flying. A real, I'm really scared. She said, I can't sleep at night. Uh, before, before I fly, I can't sleep at night. I'm full of anxiety. And she said, this is the worst I've been. It wasn't that bad. It was kind of, it was a bit bumpy and stuff. But uh, it was okay. And so I um, said to her, look, I said, I used to be scared of flying and uh, I'm not anymore. And she said, why? How? And I said, well, I, I found a faith-based solution. And it's true, I, I actually was scared of flying for years. And then I was a bit embarrassed being a Christian, so I brought it to the Lord. And I love flying. I quite enjoy the turbulence, like the Big Dipper at Blackpool. Woo, spam. And um, so anyway, so, uh, uh, so basically I said, look, can I pray for you that God will take away your, your fear? And she said, uh, yeah, okay. So I said, I explained, I had some anointing oil, being Word, Spirit, Sacrament, um, I, I had some anointing oil, never travel without it. And uh, I basically I said, I explained to her what it meant, obviously, and I was kind of annoying with oil, so I did. So by now the turbulence was pretty bad, and it was bang around. The, the couple behind us, they, one, of them, I said, one of them said to her friend, uh, she, she said, um, uh, look at the air hostesses. If they're scared, get scared. That's what was the thing. Anyway, the air hostesses, they didn't. They seemed pretty chilled, to be honest. Anyway, so I got the oil out. I anointed Boggy with this oil, made the sign of the cross on her forehead. She said... I can't believe it. She said, the fear's gone. This is in the midst of the turbulence. She said, the fear's gone. She said, I feel the opposite. What's the opposite? She didn't, and I said, peace. She said, oh yeah, peace, I feel peace. So I said, there's more where that came from. And uh, shared the gospel with her, talked about the Holy Spirit who was touching her, could be in her. Obviously, he can touch non-Christians, but he can't live within non-Christians unless uh, we surrender our life to Jesus Christ. So she, at 38,000 feet, she surrendered her life to Christ and she gave her life, uh, gave her life to uh, to the Lord. And as, as she prayed, she said, I feel more of that peace and warmth, she said. little postscript to that story, I don't want to run out of time, but a little postscript to the story is some people were listening, although I could tell there were two or three people, maybe four people who were listening, the seat ahead, the seat, the side. And so because I could see people listening, uh, I just spoke that little bit louder than I needed to. <laughs> and um, eavesdrop evangelism. There's, another, there's a whole seminar on that, maybe another time. Eavesdrop evangelism. Anyway, one particular guy, later found out his name was Stephen, was, was, he was on the row, row, seat right in front of me. He was so interested, he turned around. And when he saw, my, I, I caught his eye and he looked forward. Stephen disembarked the aeroplane. I said goodbye to Boggy. Off I walked and uh, I said, hey, Stephen. Don't remember a clerical colony. Sorry, I didn't know his name was Stephen. I said, hey, sorry, hey. I said, hey. <laughs> Hey, and he said, oh, hi. Later found out his name was Stephen. Stephen from, was from Australia. He lived in England. He'd lived in uh, Hungary uh, for a number of years. And uh, I said, you were listening in? And he went, yes, I was. So I said, look, can I lead you to God? I didn't have time to waste. You know, he'd already heard the gospel. So I just said, can I lead you to God? He then said, I'm a born-again Christian who's lost his way. And uh, 10 years ago, he'd stopped following Jesus. He'd been through two marriages and divorces. A lot of pain there. Stopped stop praying. We got, we got to, the, uh, air, to, to, the, to the air passport thing. They let him through because he had a Hungarian passport. She said to me, ah, oh, you left the European Union. You Brexited. You're over there. So I had to go to a different queue. So I said, Stephen, look, if you want me to lead you, lead you back to God, wait for me the other side. Sure enough, he was waiting for me by the carousel. He wanted me to lead him back to God, prayed for him. Uh, I anointed him with oil. Got the oil, got the oil out again. And uh, anointed him with oil. He, sa he, he said, I feel tingling on my head, my arms, my feet, my torso. My, I feel tingling throughout my whole body. That's the Holy Spirit, I said. He said, I never even sensed that. I never even felt that when I was a Christian 10 years ago. God is on the move. The Word and the Spirit go together. Okay, number three, declaring the wonders of God. Verse 11 uh, says this. It's, it says, both Jews and converts to Judaism, uh, Cretans and Arabs, we heard them 
declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. So the miracle was they heard it in their own language. But what were they declaring? It wasn't just empty verbiage. They were declaring the wonders of God. So when this miracle took place, this miracle of glossolalia, this miracle of tongues, they were declaring the wonders of God. You know, it's wonderful that the queen never loses an opportunity to declare the wonders of God. Uh, this is, a, this is a, a statement. Her Christmas speeches are the ones where she, she writes them herself, and it's the Christmas Day broadcast. So this is one. For me, she says, the teachings of Christ's, Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try, try to lead my life. Uh, I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's word and example. She always points to Jesus. And another one of my favorite ones from a, a different Christmas Day broadcast, uh, this is a year or two ago, she said this, billions of people now follow Christ's teaching and find in him the guiding light for their lives. And I am one of them. is that amazing? The archbishop isn't as, no disrespect to our dear archbishops, the archbishops are not as overt as this very often in, in proclaiming the essence of the gospel, who is the person of Jesus Christ, declaring the wonders of God. God does wonderful things all the time if we have eyes to see, if we have faith to believe. Uh, here's one just from last week. I, I went to Scarborough, Scarbados for a few days with my family and um, I was supposed to be off duty so I got told off by my dear wife because it's difficult to be off duty. We went to this restaurant in, in Scarborough the waiter came to serve us, and the waiter's name was Danny. Found out that later, obviously. Danny had tattoos all down his arm, and they were Star Wars tattoos. He, he was a super fan, and he was completely covered in Star Wars tattoos. He, went, he then left. As he left, I remember, weird, but I had a, a magnet, a fridge magnet in my pocket, which was Darth Vader saying, I am your father. So it's, uh, basically, it was a, that's all I had with me, a fridge magnet of Darth Vader saying, I am your father in my pocket. As he left, I, Tammy went to the loo, and I felt the Lord say, go and find him. Give him the fridge, this is the Lord, give him the fridge magnet uh, because I'm going to become his father this day. And by the way, the devil isn't, it's very popular to say, God is the father of all. No, God is the God of all. But actually, if you're not converted, Jesus makes it clear, the, the enemy, the, the, the devil's your, your, your father. Uh, you, God becomes your father when Christ becomes your saviour. Um, so, so anyway, God said, I'm going to become his father this day. Oh, okay. And um, uh, I didn't just say okay, but I mean, that's what I thought. And um, anyway, but then the Lord said this, because his own father abandoned him when he was a young boy, and there's an abyss there. Now, ab abyss or abyss, I can't pronounce it, because it's not in my vocabulary. I, I had to look it up. And anyway, an ab ab abyss or an abyss, abyss is a chasm, it's a void, it's huge, it's, it's, it's massive. It's, it's a, it, so that's what I said. Anyway, so I went, I, he was in the I went and followed him into the kitchen where he was. He wasn't there in the kitchen. So I thought, you know, win some, you lose some. Tammy came out of the loo, we had to leave. We went downstairs. And as we went out, he was to the left of the door. So I said to Tammy and the girls, you go on, I'll talk to this guy. Explain to him that I'm a vicar. This may sound a bit weird, but God wants me to give you this. You know, you sense that your own dad abandoned you when you were a young boy. Um, and God wants to be your, your father. He said, are you psychic? And I said, no, not psychic. You get asked that a lot when you use the gift of prophecy. It's the only paradigm people have for this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, and he said, no, I feel, feel that God has said that to me. He said this. He said, uh, I grew up in York. Uh, and he said, um, with my parents, and he said, when I was seven, boy of seven, my father popped out to the shops, never came back. Never seen him from that moment to this. The police think he's not murdered, that he just absconded, he, he just left, he just left. No divorce, didn't even have the guts to say goodbye to his wife, just left. And, and he said, that has produced this, can you imagine, this chasm within, within him. When he was a boy, a young boy, his father abandoned him. 
So um, on the back of that, he wanted to give his life to Christ. So I prayed with him there at the front of the shop. He gave his life to Christ. He experienced the spirit. Pray God he's in church this morning. Um, but then he said this. He said, then my mum died a few years ago. His mum who looked after him, his mum died young, um, uh, five years ago. And he said, when my mum died, three weeks after, I woke up and I had a desire to go to church. He said, I don't know why. He said, he said I've never been religious, didn't believe in God. My mum didn't take us to church. I had a desire to go to God, and he, to go to church. And he said, the sense was I needed something and the church could give it me. He said, but I didn't go. I didn't go. And I said, the church has come to you. This morning, the church has come to you. These, these are, this is the wonder. This is wonders. These are, what, these are the wonders of God. We need to declare the wonders of God. Okay, very finally, this is just coming into land now. Uh, the fourth thing is the way in is the way on. That's a favorite phrase of mine that was coined by John Wimber, the late great John Wimber. Uh, the way in is the way on. In other words, Wimber was saying that the way into the kingdom is the way on in the kingdom. Well, what is the way into the kingdom? It's simply through repentance and faith. And that's the postscript that Ben just read at the end of the um, reading when the, the people say this, they were, they were impacted by the sermon and they said, uh, they were cut to the heart and, and they said to, to Peter and the others, brothers, what shall we do? How do we respond? What shall we do? And Peter said this, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the response. Repent and be baptized. Uh, notice baptism is part of it. It's not just saying a prayer, it's not, 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 which, is, which is good. It's salvation begins with a repentance and faith, but baptism is the sign and the seal of the new birth. And I know this church takes that very seriously, but, but repentance is symbolic, of course, of repentance and faith. So Paul, uh, uh, Peter is saying, repent, uh, the Greek word metanoia, change your mind, change your heart, change your direction, and be baptized, put your faith in and upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Be baptized in water as a symbol of that uh, you will receive the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is conversion, folks. I preach a whole sermon on this. Conversion is repentance, faith, reception of the Spirit and baptism. All four, repentance, faith, reception of the Spirit and baptism. All four, not one or two or three of those. All four is, is the normal Christian birth. So that's the, res that's the, re that's the respo response. Now the way in is the way on. You and I repented and believed when we became Christians, otherwise we wouldn't be Christians. But you know, we need to go on repenting and believing. We need to go on saying sorry to God for our sin. We need to go on having faith, not just saving faith, but living by faith. We need to go on living in the baptism. That is living in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not saying I was baptized in the Spirit 10 years ago, five years ago, but we live in the baptism. The Greek word is to saturate, to soak, to immerse. Baptizo, we need to live in that place of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, so coming into land, the way in is the way on. We need to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Back, back to the Queen, one of my favourite, I think my favourite Christmas Day broadcast is where she actually uh, had the audacity to try and lead the whole nation to Christ. And she said, she actually said, she said, this was a few years ago, she said, God didn't send into the world a philosopher or a general, important though they are, because obviously, she, you know, philosophers and generals are important, we know that. Uh, she said, important though they are, he sent in the, wo the world a saviour a rescuer, a saviour with the power to forgive. And then she quoted the, one of the stanzas of O Little Town of Bethlehem. And she, she, said, she said, basically, you, you might want to pray this. Now, it's, a, you know, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. So she, it's like a sinner's prayer. She used, she casted O Little Town of Bethlehem as a sinner's prayer and said, you might want to be converted. You might want to pray this prayer. It's extra extraordinary. That's the queen. She knew, she knows that the way in is the way on. I believe when we get to heaven, we'll realise 
slighted that she's Billy Graham's most famous convert. I believe that through the ministry of Billy Graham, she came to Christ. That's just my view. But she knows that the way in is the way on. She knows that it starts with repentance of faith and it goes on with baptism of, of faith. So my uh, thing in, in conclusion today is, uh, if you're a Christian today, and nearly all of us are Christians here, are you living in the baptism? Are you living in that place of refreshment? Are you living in that place where you're uh, telling the wonders of God because you're seeing the wonders of God? Are you actually utterly amazed at Christ and his gospel? Are you living in, rooted in the, in the word of God and living in the power of the Holy Spirit of God? If not, you need to um, uh, come to the Lord that times of refreshing may come from him. I did a mission in Lancaster just before Easter, Holy Week, and it was called Revive. Some people thought my name was the Reverend Ive, but it's not. It's the Reverend Downs. It was, it's actually not Revive. It's a, uh, it revive. Are you living in that place of revival? Are you living in that place where times of refreshing come from the Lord? Uh, and I'm going to pr pray now just in conclusion for anyone here, perhaps who's been on the fringe, you've not yet given your life to Christ, but you'd like to give your life to this amazing God uh, whose son Jesus Christ came to earth to rescue each one of us and, and fill us with his spirit. And the prayer is simply this, dear Jesus, I turn to you, turn from my sin to you, fill me with your Holy Spirit, help me follow you this day always. It's simple, simple as that. I'm going to say that as a prayer of commitment. Then I'm going to just pray for each one of us that we might be refreshed by his Holy Spirit. So let's just bow our heads to pray. And I'm going to pray this very simple prayer, a prayer of commitment for anyone here who wants to become a Christian, a true follower of Jesus Christ. Or indeed, maybe you want to give your life back to God. You've maybe, maybe you've not been following God. You've, you, you, your heart has slipped. Your foot has slipped in some way. And I'm going to pause at the end of each, each, each line and I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer and make it your own. If that, now, if, that, if this is you, if you're, if you're, as we got our heads bowed and praying now, if you're praying this prayer as a commitment or maybe as a recommitment to Jesus Christ, you're going to do that with me this morning. Could you just raise your right hand just where you are if you're going to pray this prayer as a commitment to Jesus or as a recommitment to him? Just raise your, it can be half-mast, it's fine, we're Anglicans. Just raise your hand just, just where, where you are if you're praying this prayer as a commitment or as a, a recommitment to Jesus Christ. Thank you. You can put your hands down. So uh, this is for the two, the two people I see. There could well be more, but this is for, for the two people in the room. There could be others who are watching online. Um, and the prayer is this. Uh, Dear Jesus, I come to you. I turn from my sin, everything I've done wrong, said wrong, thought wrong, to you as my saviour, my rescuer. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me follow you this day and always. If you've prayed that prayer, do see, um, you can see talk to me at the end or one of the staff team here for Lee or Ben or anyone else. If you've prayed that prayer, do, do, do come and tell one of us uh, or indeed off, online, get in contact with the church here if you've prayed that online. But just a, a concluding prayer for all of us, the vast majority of us here who are already disciples of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the amazing example of our sovereign lady, Queen Elizabeth II. We thank you, Lord, that she has been such a faithful servant. We thank you, Lord, that she knows you, she loves you, and she uses every opportunity to point people to you, Jesus Christ. Lord, and uh, uh, just as we are amazed at her reign, we thank you, Lord, that uh, her coronation uh, was hallmarked by the Word and the Spirit. Uh, we thank you that she speaks of the wonders of God through her speeches and even, even repentance and faith. She points people to repentance and faith. And uh, we thank you for her example. Um, but we pray for ourselves this morning, for each one of us, uh, we pray, Lord Jesus, that uh, the, for us, the way in will be the way on, that we may continue to repent, we may continue to believe. We pray that we might live in the baptism of your Holy Spirit. We pray. 
Lord, we thank you for the wonders that we see. And may we see more wonders through this church. Thank you that this church is wonderful. It is full of wonders. And I pray, Lord, I, I, I pray, I, I prophesy, I declare that St. Thomas's Newcastle uh, may continue to be a church of wonder. It may continue to be a church that sees the wonders of God more and more. And as you move into your amazing new building with your central city location, may that be the case. May you see in increasing measure the wonders of God. And may be people be drawn to you May people be drawn to you and may you go to people. People come to the church, the church will go to people. May you go to people and may people be drawn to you and uh, may you uh, preach and speak and live out the, the wonderful gospel and see the wonders of God among you. May this church continue to be hallmarked by the word and the spirit, believing in the infallibility of your word, but the fullness of your spirit. And Father, may that characterize our own individual lives. And Lord, we say sorry to you, Lord, how sometimes we've lost the wonder. Sometimes, Lord, we, you know, you know, through the cares of this world, just through, uh, through tiredness even, through, through sin, I don't know, just through living in this fallen world, we can sometimes step back from the freshness and the fullness of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, if we step back, we step forward right now. We step forward right now into your presence afresh. And we thank you, Lord, that these early Christians were utterly amazed. Thank you for... Uh, Matthew yesterday, who was so utterly amazed, he went to preach the gospel in the pub, even though nobody had told him about the evangelism talk. And uh, we pray, Lord, that you restore the wonder now. Come, Holy Spirit, restore the wonder, restore the joy, restore the amazement, we pray. Uh, we say to you, amazing grace, Lord, how sweet the sound, Lord, that you rescued a wretch like me. Lord, each one of us, we were lost, but we, 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 we now are found. We were blind, but now we see. Restore the wonder, restore the joy. Come, Spirit of God, fill us afresh with your power and your presence. Oh, let it freely burn in and through as we pray, as individuals, as a community, that men and women might be drawn to you and that they may be, they may be enfolded in your divine embrace, that you are the Father of all to those that believe. You are the Father of all to those that believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, set us free in your joy and in your presence and with your power, we pray afresh this day in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.